Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Brandon. And welcome to Living Electric. We're both content creators and electric vehicle enthusiasts. And through this podcast, we hope to share our experience with owning electric vehicles and help you join the electric life. Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Electric. We are on episode two of season four, which is hard to believe that we're already on season four. Um, Time is going really fast, uh, but we have another incredible guest with us today. We are on with Brent Seavey. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's really good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I love the podcast, love what you guys are doing, and uh, just just honored to be here and glad to be sharing today. Well, thank you for joining us. So, um, Brent, I know from, well, actually, you and I worked briefly together at Tesla. Um, I know we really didn't interact together. Um, you worked more with people above me. <laughs> um, but we were, <laughs> we were at Tesla together at the same time. Um, I know you have a lot of uh, automotive experience. Could you tell us more about yourself and, like, kind of how you got into EVs? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a long career in the regular automotive space for about 16 years um, after leaving a military career. And uh, I, I had had so many cars. By the, time I came, by the time I came to Tesla, I had had 51 cars. And I was 51 wow. years old when I came to Tesla. So you can do that math, right? Wow. <laughs> so I, I had the candy. I had the tech. I would had the speed. I had If I wanted it, I bought it and flipped it and got rid of it and bought another car. I, I, I've had some cars as little as three days and some as, as long as four and a half years. So, uh, you know, and, and I got to the point like in my career where nothing was turning me on anymore. You know, the speed wasn't turning me on anymore. The luxury was the status. I mean, it was all just stuff. And 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 I, I started getting into hybrids just because I was getting into the tech. You know, not even that I was getting into the environment so much. I was just getting into the tech. I just thought the tech was cool that that you could get this kind of uh, performance and, 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 and everything out of these cars. And so I went through all the gateway drugs for Tesla. You know, I, I got the Chevy Volt. I got the, I got the, the, the diesel jet. I, you know, I got all these, you know, kind of like hyper mild out cars and, and, and electric cars. And, oh God, I had so many. And when I came to Tesla, I was basically just burned out. You know, I was burned out on cars. And the first time I got in a P85D and I buried the pedal to the firewall, the 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 feeling was just I, I can't even I even today I can't really describe it. It was just this this thing was rekindled inside me. It was like this was tech and this was green, but this was fast and this was fun and this was luxury and this was cool and this was low center of gravity and I couldn't flip the thing over if I tried and I did try by the way. And it, <laughs> and it was just it was just so amazing that that whole experience really just led me down this 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 path to work at tesla and 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 frankly uh i i haven't looked back i'll never drive anything but an electric vehicle i know this isn't a tesla 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 podcast but the the 800 pound gorilla in the room is tesla right i mean if you look Mm -hmm. at the stats Mm -hmm. but you know what i i i celebrate a lot of the folks are coming into this space right now but uh but yeah, it was just, it was such a revelatory experience to get into one of these cars and bury the pedal and just have my heart flatten out like a pancake. Just, a, it's just a phenomenal thing. So anyways, so I had the opportunity through a friend of a friend to meet the um, uh, national remarketing manager uh, that was setting up the used car department at Tesla. And um, he asked me for my resume. We chatted for a bit. Four weeks later, I was uh, working at Highland Park and... Uh, Tesla up in 
the north side of Chicago. And then shortly thereafter, when the used car department started, I was the first used car advisor uh, at Tesla. And yeah, and, and it sounds like we had this whole thing set up, but we really didn't. I, <laughs> they handed me a list of about 120 names and phone numbers and said, these people have called, sell them these cars on this piece of paper. And so I looked and I had two pieces of paper, names and cars. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. So I just started banging out phone calls and selling cars. Yeah. It was there was very little organization because until you do something, you really can't know what you need to do, right? We were mm -hmm. building this mm -hmm. whole department from scratch and we had geniuses working on it too. I still have the pleasure of working with and interacting with today. But it, it was it was such an incredibly almost caveman like experience. Here's a list of names and phone numbers, <laughs> call them and sell them these cards. <laughs> But it was pretty amazing. So I, I, I feel awesome. very, very blessed that uh, through through happenstance and, and introductions, I got to work at, at arguably probably the most amazing company of our time. So I, I have to know, when you first drove the P85D, was that in Chicago or were you in California? Yeah, in Chicago, up on the north side. Um, I was at uh, I was at Highland Park, and uh, it was like my first or second day. And, and boy, I, I put the pedal down on that thing. And honest to God... It was just the the speed was just sick and absolutely <laughs> quiet and just and I've been in some fast cars. I mean, I have not denied myself fast cars uh, at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, boy, I'm telling you, it was just it was just astonishing that every single button that I have could be pushed at the same time. Right, performance, mm -hmm. green, uh, comfort, luxury. That just everything was wrapped up in this one slam dunk of a accelerator pedal. I almost yeah. like a gas pedal. Can't say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like by now you should have broke that habit. <laughs> I did. I did. I know. I used to tell people when I take them on test drives, I'd say, you know what? If you say gas pedal three times, wherever we are, I kick you out and you have to walk back. <laughs> so I, I stopped people from saying that really quite quickly. <laughs> But yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, and yeah, I just uh, yeah after four and a half years at Tesla, if you figure it out in dog years, that's about thirty two and a half years. Um, it was just I, I was burned out. I, I had a pile of stock because I was a true believer from day one, and just bought up privately as well as through the stock purchase and everything. I just piled up a bunch of Tesla stock, and yeah, at the end of that run, I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna work on my yard for about a year <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely sounds like you deserve that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah at some point you know you just have to you just have to put the brakes on and, and and gather your marbles back and and just kind of figure out what you want to do and 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 during that time it was kind of the soul searching because i'm like i really love the tesla mission and i love what they were doing and and yet i just i couldn't work there anymore you know and and so at the near the end of this year-long uh, gardening exercise uh, a couple of friends of mine reached out who i had uh known for years one of them actually worked at the used car department with me helping set that up and the other one was running a, a leasing company down in texas that i had sent a lot of clients to uh called accelerate auto and uh they reached out and said listen we've got this product x care uh we're we're, we're helping our community we really want to just blow this thing up we want you to come on board and just help us to market it, help us to get it, you know, in front of more and more people and, uh, and just help us to grow it. And 
it was an amazing kind of synergy because I, I love both these guys dearly. They're, they're two of just the most amazing people. And so to have the opportunity to work with them and, and to help our community and to get back into the Tesla EV mix mm-hmm. uh, was just, was just a, an amazing synergy of, of everything that I wanted to do again, but I just didn't want to do it inside Tesla. So it just worked out so well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I bet that re-energized you to to be back in oh it while interacting oh with God. Teslas. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> Tesla people are fun. EV people are fun. Yeah. You know what? There's there's so many motivations for driving a Tesla, and I identify with every one of them. So it's so easy. After two or three minutes into the conversation, you basically suss out what their motivation is. And, and you can identify with that because that's part of your motivation as well. So when I talk to people about X-Care, it's so neat because I don't have to make anything up. I don't have to feign any kind of excitement because I do have that excitement. I am part of that world. We all are at X-Care. And so it's so easy to relate because we're all in this together. That's so kind of cool. So for the viewers that don't know, or I guess the listeners as well, what is Accelerate and like what's your your kind of mission with that with that company? Well, Accelerate was founded in 2014 um, by KJ Gimbel. He uh, came out of the fleet leasing space. Um, he actually helped to write the first leases on Tesla's way back in 2012. He wrote some of the first leases on Model S's even before Tesla had their own leasing program. So okay. he got into this space in about 2012 and in 2014 started Accelerate Auto uh, to basically uh, help uh, primarily businesses to lease Teslas because Tesla has never had a business leasing program. They've already always had a personal leasing program after 2014, but they didn't have a business leasing program. And so uh, we've been a major partner of Tesla's in, in taking a lot of that business leasing, corporate leasing, uh, municipal leasing, stuff like that. Um, and then about 2018, um, there's this real need for people to be able to get a warranty for a used Tesla. Or at that time, Model 3 was starting to come out. Model Y would follow on after that. That don't even have an extended warranty from Tesla available to mm-hmm. them. And so this this huge need was starting to really build up uh, in the, in the uh, aftermarket for warranties to help cover these people. And so they developed X-Care. And then, as I alluded to earlier, um, brought me on to uh, to really help to uh, to build it and to grow it, and it's uh, it's been a hell of an experience. But yeah, we are entirely EV focused. We do not uh, sell warranties for gas burners. If you've got gas in your car and you're not taking it home for your lawnmower, we will not sell you a warranty. <laughs> uh, and not even range extender motors. So you know these. I, I get i three inquiries all the time. Hey, do you guys do i three? Do you have the range extender? Yes. No. <laughs> Just, Interesting. Okay. just pure EVs. But, but you know, and, and recently um, we have uh, now, we have uh, worked it out where we can do personal leasing for Teslas. And first blush, you would think, well, why do people need you for a personal lease? They can go through Tesla. Well, Tesla has a very high bar credit score wise, oftentimes, or they have very like, limited programs. Right? You can get a two year or a three year lease with them and an X amount of miles. Whereas we can do 20,000 miles a year, five years, and wow. put X care on top of that lease so that when your factory warranty runs out and you're still within your lease, you're covered. So it's just really kind of a, a, a niche market that's growing by leaps and bounds that, that I'm just blessed to be plopped down right in the middle of. 
Well, I mean, that that's exciting to hear as a consumer who's in the market for an EV. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I talked about in the past on our podcast that I'm waiting on a buyback for our Chevy Bolt and uh, potentially our ID4 now, um, which that's a whole nother episode topic. Um, but, you know, we, we were looking at Accelerate last night, trying to learn more about like the leasing and financing, um, you know, for somebody who is in the market for like a um, potentially, you know, like a Model 3. Could you go into more details of how that leasing works? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a, a lease, as you're aware, is um, is is kind of a structured way to, to pay for a car with most companies. But with Tesla, the threes uh, are not, uh, you, you can't buy out your three at the end of your lease. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can lease it for the set period of time. And then at the end of it, you have to turn it back into Tesla. When you lease with Accelerate, not only do you not have to set a certain amount of, of miles per year, you know, set fixed, you can, you can do 18,000, 20,000, 12,000, 10,000 miles a year, but you can also do a varying terms two, three, four, five years. So because of that flexibility, it gives a lot of people the freedom to be able to lease that would ordinarily have to purchase, right? Mm-hmm. But also at the end of your lease, you can purchase out your lease when you go through Accelerate. So you can kind of structure things to be very advantageous for you, not only during the lease, but then at the at the point where you're going to buy out the car. And we can offer X care along with the lease to cover you through the entire period of it and beyond. So a lot of people, when they lease a car, they lease it for tax benefits or for payment benefits with a view towards buying it out at the end of the lease. Mm-hmm. Well, if you know that that's your MO, if you know that that's what you're doing this for, then and why wouldn't you just go ahead and get an eight-year, 100,000-mile warranty at the beginning, run your lease through it, and then buy out your car and have a three-year warranty still in the car? Yeah. Or four or five. Yeah. So it's it's nice to have that kind of flexibility where you can basically just move the money around to make sure that it's affordable for you, mm-hmm. but also to make sure that you're covered at the end. So it sounds like a win-win, <laughs> essentially. It is. It is. It's surprisingly, you know, very few things in this life end up being a win-win, but <laughs> but it really is. And, and you know, sometimes, too, um, you know, folks will have a, a, a lower credit score than, than Tesla's line, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, they've got, but it's, but it's a situational kind of thing. You know, God knows COVID killed a lot of people's careers and jobs last year. There were a lot of situations that now banks are going to, to have to be a little more flexible and understanding on you can't just run things from a pure credit score if there really is a solid you know reason for why this person had a really high score and then it fell off a cliff in 2020 you have to have people that are basically on the other side underwriting things that can at least understand that and still put something together for those people but there are a lot of people that still want to get into the space and we want to make sure that they're that they're taken care of yeah oh that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of balls in the air at, at, at Accelerate. You know, I, I have my little corner of the world with Xcare, uh, which is no no little corner. But uh, but yeah, the leasing and the financing and and uh, and we've got some interesting things on the horizon that I'll save for another podcast because we don't have things <laughs> finalized. But uh, but we're we're working on uh, upfitting programs as well uh, for Cybertruck. And uh, and also for municipals, uh, cop cars and, and stuff like that, and, and municipal cars. So, but I'll leave that there because that is a that's a story for another day. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> there's always something cooking and never a dull moment. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that. I think Alex can too. Definitely. Oh my god, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great ride, and you know, 
at the end of the day, we set this, we set the entire company up on, on basically one premise. And that premise is that we want to put more people in EVs. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's simple. We want to put more companies in EVs. We want to put more municipalities in EVs. We want to put more individuals in EVs, but not only put them in the car, but then make sure that they're protected once they're in the ownership experience. Because for a lot of people, it's really sad because I was in the conventional auto business for a long time. And, and so often, you know, the management just wants to cram them into a car, no matter if they can afford it or not, no matter if they can maintain it later or not. They just like make the deal, cut the deal, put them in the car, you know, yeah. without a view towards actually like making sure that these people are going to be okay in the car. And so Tesla has been this dream car, this aspirational car for a lot of people. But the problem with an aspirational car is you aspire to it and then you can just grasp it, you know, just grasp the monthly payment, right? And the insurance payment, it just makes sense. But then you have a problem, you have an issue, a service issue. And now what do you do? You need to have your car. You need to get to work. You need to do whatever you need to do with your car. But now you have a service issue that's a few thousand dollars. Now, what do you do? Do you not make your car payment? Do you not make your house payment or your rent payment? Do what 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 has to go to the side so that you can afford this this big bill because a, a big thing broke on your car? Yeah. So if you can wrap all that in at the beginning of the process, at the beginning of the ownership experience, then when the unforeseen happens, it, it isn't a catastrophic thing. For a lot of people, it's sad to say a lot of people kind of live check to check or maybe two checks to check. And if something really big happens like that, it's it's hard to bridge over. Even even if you can afford it, no problem right now. You're balling, you're living lot, you live in large, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what happens when that, you know, an opportunity fails on you and 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 you have to go another direction and you're looking for work and the bills are starting to creep up and you need this car to get to your interviews and then it goes sideways you know so it's just little things like that and it, and it's not so much selling from fear it's selling from understanding that that these cars are 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 pretty costly but they're pretty bloody costly to fix sometimes too when they go sideways so it's good to have that taken care of up front so that you can live at peace definitely yeah I, I feel like um, I remember from my time at, at Tesla, like interacting with like our service department since we had the both the showroom and the service department in one building in Cleveland and just yeah. learning some of the stories that some of the customers went through at the time, um, especially with the original, you know, like Model S and like, you know, like the original Roadster, it did get expensive. Oh, and, you know, oh, and God, yeah. so so it sounds like Xcare and Accelerate is really looking for the everyday driver, like everybody which is oh, yeah. fantastic to hear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, if you're, if you're filthy rich and you can self-insure and you don't care if you're going to, you know, get a $5,000 service bill, you'll bang that out on your Sapphire card. Okay. Knock yourself out. But you know what, you know, what's amazing is so many of these filthy rich folks uh, buy X care because they see the value in just covering it, mitigating it, not having to worry about it. And just if something breaks, I just call X care and I take it into Tesla, you know, so they, they understand that, that there's value in it, in insurance. Uh, it's just like you pay your health care, you're healthy, you work out, you eat decent, you know, hopefully you, you don't drink or smoke too much. I don't know about working out <laughs> out of both of us. I don't Alex know about smoking too much, <laughs> but, 
Well, you know, at the end of the day, you you know, you, you want to have the health insurance for the for the occasion when when you need it, you know, mm-hmm. and you hope to never need it, but when you do, you you really don't have to worry. And I think that's that's of great value to a lot of people as well. So we we set this up as as a labor of love for our community. We run on very tight margins, and uh, and we're just basically here to serve and make sure people are taken care of. Yeah, I think that's a big like big disconnect and like a big question I hear from a lot of people is like, what is maintenance like and like what are repairs like on an EV? Just because it's such an unknown thing. So oh, God. I'm curious, like what. What are some of the kind of like most common things you see from people that are, they're looking to cover that like maybe they don't expect or or <laughs> are kind of shocked by? Well, the funny thing is that Tesla has done a really good job of making these cars look like they run on happy thoughts and sunshine. You know, <laughs> everything's all boxed in with these nice front covers and trunk covers, right? And you don't see the complexity, but you guys, especially Brandon, I know you've been through the service shop at Tesla. You've seen these things torn apart. You've seen all of these different boxes and wires and everything. Uh, listen, the first time I saw a Tesla torn apart, and I and I know my way around cars. I grew up with cars, and I've been in the auto industry for so long. I looked at this, and I thought, I know exactly jack about what I'm looking at. Right <laughs> Precisely jack. I don't know anything about one. So I would start to talk to my different mechanic buddies and they'd tell me about, you know, okay, this is the inverter and this is the rectifier and the charger and this. And, and I had no idea that there was such complexity going on because a lot of people have a misperception that their Tesla is basically just a big RC car like you had as a kid, right? It's a battery, it's a motor, it's a servo, and it's a controller. But these things are so infinitely more complex than that. So long answer to your short question um, people tend to focus on the battery and the drive motors, right? Mm. Which for the most part are fairly bulletproof. They get a lot of attention when a battery goes sideways. People on, t- on the forums will be like, oh, my battery, $20,000. And that's great. And I feel, and listen, I'm not making fun of anybody. But what I'm saying is, is those instances are still in the single digits. Yeah. Literally the batteries and the drive motors, the, the catastrophic failures of those types of components are still in the single digits. They really are less likely to fail than anything else on the car. The stuff that's more likely to fail is the stuff that doesn't get any attention. Like uh, the chargers, otherwise known as an inverter, takes the Mm -hmm. AC energy, turns it into DC to put into the battery. Or the rectifiers that take that DC energy, turn it back into AC to send it to to the drive motors. Or the thermal management that helps keep the battery warm or cool. Or the air conditioning system or the power extending door handles on Model S that will break. (laughs) Every one of them will break one day. Don't care what gen you have. (laughs) Or the Falcon wing doors on the Model X, which is the absolute definition of automotive hubris. Do you realize (laughs) that if it wasn't for the Falcon wing doors, Model X would have come out in 2014? Literally, it took them two years to sort those things out. And I owned the Model X for four and a half years, and I got news for you. They still ain't <laughs> sorted out. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I remember. Looks, God, nothing looks more pimp daddy than pulling right. up a restaurant. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget when the, uh, the Model X fo- first showed up at our showroom. It was around like Christmas time. So we did the, the Christmas mode and oh, yeah. we did, we didn't know that the one Falcon door was like breaking. So we were recording and the entire time you just heard, <laughs> and, like, oh. <laughs> we're like, it's going to fall off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. awesome. So they, they, oh, the the service family. The first, 
God, especially the first gens, oh, because yeah. the, the, the lift motors, the assist springs, they were all underpowered. They had a, literally, if you own a 2016, you have new motors and springs because they had to replace just about everyone else. They were just, they were just underpowered for what they had to do. But yeah, it's so awesome. Hey guys, check this out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just remember the service team, like the moment the show was over, they like rushed it to the back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be taking that away now. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh yeah. Nothing, nothing sells like failure right in front of the customer. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, honestly, you know, I mean, we make, I love the Model X. I had such a good time with it, but I'm going to tell you something, a company that says we're going to do that, we're going to do something just outrageously freaking cool. Yeah. That kind of atmosphere is the kind of atmosphere that also inspires other innovations that you'll never see, right? Because people want, they're drawn to work for a company that says, you know what, they did this just because it's cool. The door existed. Nobody had to change it. Or they could have put some really cool, like, like like minivan doors back or something and people could get in. They could have accomplished the same thing, but they didn't. They went for this, you know, dual articulated crazy ass doors because they, they could, you know, mm-hmm. and now they're making this robot because they can't, <laughs> yeah. you know, does Tesla need this robot? No, they don't. But yes, they do because they need to bring in robotics people, AI people. They need to draw those people in like moths to a flame. So you do this cool stuff and you attract amazing talent from all over the world because you do this cool stuff. So I just think it's neat. So people think, oh, why did they waste their money on this? Why are they wasting all this talent on it? No, they're not wasting it. They got a big fat candle and the moths are coming in from everywhere because they <laughs> want to be around that light. They want to be around that energy. Oh, it's fabulous. By the way, if you're by the way, if you're an engineer or or an AI guy out there and I just compared you to a moth, my apologies. <laughs> not me to compare you to a moth. But yeah, there's something that just draws you, right? It's just it's just so cool to be. And that energy kept me at Tesla long after I should have left. Long after I should have left. The money, the money went down, everything. You know, I, I should have, you know, just personally and financially, I should have left earlier than I did. But I just so enjoyed being around it every day. Mm-hmm. It was just, yeah, it was almost cult-like. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting, though, that you'd like because people always say like or i mean tesla says it themselves they don't spend money on marketing but like their marketing in a way is the crazy stuff they try to accomplish and and do accomplish in a lot of ways like that's attracting so much more attention than any ad campaign would ever do oh it's insane yeah i I used to tell people you can't pay for this you really can't pay for this kind of buzz right you just make this incredible awesome thing and you let people just go nuts with it it's fabulous and the car companies have not figured that out in a hundred years. They haven't figured it out that, <laughs> that you really don't have to spend that kind of money on advertising. I think it just became this monster, this kind of animal that just grew and grew and grew, mm-hmm. you know, to spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars every year on advertisements. You really don't have to, you just have to build something really frigging awesome and people will talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the more, I the more, the more, the more you have to tell people you're cool, the less cool you are. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's true. You're right, you're right, <laughs> right. Yeah, just be is. just be cool and let people talk about you. That's yeah. the way to do it. I just I remember. Um, so like you know you were talking about like all the cars that like you you grew up with and that you owned. Um, you know I grew up around sports cars and I'll never forget the first time I drove a Tesla. 
And I actually, I have two Tesla tattoos. Um, I had them prior to working for Tesla. Um, they actually nice. are the things that got me the nice. job. Um, <laughs> but but it, it's it's incredible to like, you know, when I first went in there, I was like, okay, this is a cool company. And then I left a firm believer that this is the future. And I remember countless times going on test drives with people who came in doubting the technology, questioning everything that Tesla was doing in 2015 and 2016. And I'm yeah. still in contact with them, and they have Teslas now. You know, they have EVs oh now, gosh. and they're they're believers. So, um, which is really cool. And I, you know, I don't want to say believers; that makes it sound very like you know, uh, conspiracy theorists. But like, um, they're <laughs> they're enthusiasts now. So, <laughs> you know, and, and and let's face it; I mean, there's a lot to doubt, right? When something's new, when something's mm-hmm. different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we almost expect that once we embrace something, oh, everybody should, right? It's the curse of knowledge that you know that it's cool, therefore everybody should just embrace it now. But people <laughs> come in and they just, they don't know. They really don't know. And I loved, I loved having a couple come in and one of them was just gung-ho and you knew he totally wanted. And the other one, he was like, yeah, I don't know, I'm a little bit dubious or whatever. You know, and, and you just, you'd, you'd look at him and you'd be like, all right, so you, you figured it out really quick. And then you just started talking to the dubious one because you don't have to sell the, the one who's already ready to put out his checkbook, right? And so you just talk to the other one and, and, and just basically just start to relate. Like, okay, well, do you like gas stations? Well, what do you mean? No, do you like gas stations? Is that a part of owning a car that you like? Well, hell no, nobody does. Okay, so you don't like the stinky hands. You don't like getting out and slopping up your shoes when it's when it's snowed outside. Getting out to put the and grabbing the gas handle that ten thousand people have grabbed that nobody ever wipes down. Right? You, <laughs> you don't like that experience, right? Well, I don't have that experience. I come out every morning to a full tank. I unplug my car and I go about my business. And I come back home and I plug in my car and I go I go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning and it's full again. I never have that oh shit moment in the morning where I realize I didn't go out and fuel up the car the night before and now I've got an early drive somewhere and I've got to add five, eight, ten minutes to it because I gotta to go to the gas station first. I never have that experience anymore. I don't go to it. I don't like Slurpees, I don't play the lottery, I don't like day old hot dogs. I don't go to <laughs> gas stations. I don't. It's not part of my experience. And they'd be like, Oh, yeah, that's really cool. That I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. So you just started relating and just started chipping away. And you go, okay, so so basically when we go out on the test drive, this is what you're going to experience, this is what you're going to do. And then they go out and they they would have this great feeling about it already because you've already made it something really attractive. And then the experience itself finishes the deal. And then you come back and it's like, you know, you just see them look at each other and the one go, Jesus, honey, I, I this is an awesome car. Yeah, I've been telling you. And then the credit card came out the order, <laughs> and it was over. And the rest is history. <laughs> I mean, honestly, selling water in the desert is harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it always amazed me from like a sales perspective. Um, you know, it's, like the nice thing with Tesla with being a product specialist, there was a lot of. There, I mean, there was some pressure to sell the product, obviously, but there wasn't a lot of pressure you get in stand, you know, traditional dealers. Um, so it was always very interesting to kind of pick people's brains and almost unwind their thinking of how a car works for them. Um, yes. and, and I never thought about that question. Do you like gas stations? I just, I really wish I would have used that. <laughs> Felt like I would have sold more cars. Yeah. Do you like those places? No, who does? Yeah. They're a good place to get, get robbed. Right. Cause you're getting out with your wallet. You're yeah. sticking your credit card, the, you know. 
yeah, you're a good place to get robbed. But yeah, it's just there's just so many things about the experience. But it, but yeah, once once you basically got people over the hump of the unknown, mm-hmm. and you made it very relatable. Would you rather fuel at your house or would you rather fuel at some nasty place where you're likely to get held up? Oh, I don't know. Maybe at home. Yeah. No kidding. And and you kind of just <laughs> added that all up and then it, it makes sense. It makes sense for a lot of people, but yeah, it's, it's making sense for more and more people as you're seeing. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it, I used to be special in my Tesla. Now I'm not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just another Tesla, but it's crazy how much it's changed even since I've like bought my car. It's just over two years now. And it's like when I first bought it, it attracted a ton of attention, got a ton of questions about it. Now it's like, I can't leave my house without seeing 10 more. Like <laughs> it's incredible. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And and when I got my Model X, I mean, it was crazy. I got it back in 17 and I, I used to like pull up to a stoplight in traffic and kids in the minivan next to me would <laughs> like be yelling out the window, cool Tesla dude. Or yeah, I mean, honestly, like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> my wife was like, do, do these people just tell you had a cool car? I'm like, yeah, it's just odd. You don't, you don't see that, but, but yeah, you know, and, and I think that's cool in a way because now they're not, it's got to hit a point where they're just cars. Right. They're just awesome cars. And when that shift happens, then then we know that it's it's an irreversible trend right now. I think it's an irreversible trend. I feel it's an irreversible trend, but I think it's important that we continue to to still educate people, foster the ideas of people coming over to EVs, because even though it's getting a lot of press, there still are, are quite a few people that have never ridden in an EV who've never driven one. Yeah. yeah, who aren't even considering buying one or have negative perceptions about them based upon, you know, old ideas or 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 the old propaganda from the ice car industry mm-hmm. that uh, that that really need to uh, we need to continue to educate them, continue to get out in front of them. And I think it's wonderful what you guys are doing with this podcast because listen, we need you and and lots of people like you to to just keep spreading the word. It needs to happen. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, we we you know we face uh, misconceptions all the time from the podcast to our YouTube channels, just like day to day life as EV you know enthusiasts and educators. And um, you know, some of the things that I remember hearing when people would come into Tesla, um, just well, one surprised me, and I always kind of took the approach like, okay, you just you don't know. Let's talk. Let's have that conversation. And it's it's paid off. You know, there's a lot of people who feel stupid to ask those questions. And it's like, you're not dumb. You know, you have a question. Let's talk about this. But um, I mean, there's a handful of misconceptions. And I think like the um, oil industry is still pushing those uh, advertisements and other outlets. Um, But yeah, don't get don't get me started on hydrogen. No, <laughs> don't even get me started. We do not have the time. <laughs> we do we'll save that for the next the podcast. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, the oil industry. Save that for the next one. Well, well, <laughs> well, let's face it. At the end of the day, I mean, they they have had a monopoly for 100 years on the way you fuel your car and get around, right? They've had this incredible monopoly. Uh, they've been subsidized by the government for generations. And to hear anybody from the oil industry say, well, Tesla's got all these subsidies. Oh, God, for how long? Ten years? You've had subsidies for 100 years. You've had free land leases. You've had $1 for 10-year land leases to, to drill oil. You, you pay farmers pennies on the dollar to, to put a derrick in the back of their property and, and pump oil. Go out to western Texas. There are no farms out there. They're all derricks on people's land. 
you know. Yeah. So yeah. so to have this idea that that somehow Tesla is oversubsidized is just not to understand the history of how we get around <laughs> in this country. Mm-hmm. And 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 but but yeah, people still need to be educated. But I think you're right. I think there's a lot of negative propaganda still towards EVs to this day. Uh, because let's face it, if I came and started picking your pocket, you'd probably want to, you know, probably want to do something about it too. And sooner or later, you know, there aren't going to, there weren't a whole lot of horse stables in the 1930s in Chicago, but there were lots of horse stables in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, there are going to be no more gas stations because nobody's going to burn it anymore. And they know that and they see it coming. But I, I recently posted on on LinkedIn. I hope I'm not rambling too much. Oh, I recently posted a link. <laughs> oh, this is the point of a podcast. This is why we have guests <laughs> about how BP in the UK, the BP stations in the UK, are reaching parity of profit between their EV charging and their petrol petrol sales, their gasoline sales. They're reaching parity of profit. Now that's just on the pure sale wow. of petrol or energy, right? That's not including mm-hmm. all the people who are coming in now and buying soda. Mm-hmm. buying lottery tickets, buying a bottle of wine. Because let's face it, your average gasoline customer spends four to five minutes maybe out at the pump. Or maybe just puts a couple of gallons in and buggers off. Yeah. Your average EV person who is plugged in spends 20 to 30 minutes. What would you pay to have somebody that has 20 to 30 minutes of jack to do except to come in and buy a slice of pizza and a cold drink and a cup of coffee and and maybe maybe a, a putting range, an indoor driving range. I mean, think about it. If people can set up these these experience types of things, where you go in, you plug in, and then you come in, mm-hmm. plug in and come in, and if they come in and they're in there spending money and buying stuff and and and, and getting their nails done, getting their hair cut. I mean, think about it. You have people that are stuck there for 20, 30 minutes that are just tired of the video games on Tesla's dashboard. And they're looking straight into your Thai restaurant going, you know what? I think I'll call in for some pot Thai. Yeah. yeah. You're there. You're I, there. I, you're stuck. Every, <laughs> t- <laughs> every time I, you know, stop and I think Alex, you'd probably say the same thing. You know, you go into the business where the charger is located. Um, yes. Sadly for me, most of mine are at Walmarts because I, I don't have a Tesla. <laughs> most of mine are at Electrify America <laughs> stations. Um, but, but still, you know, I end up, going into the sheets that it's at i get lunch i get a drink and then you know and most of the time i have to go back in once the car's charged because then i have to use the restroom then i get something to go like it's it's a great business model um and it is an absolutely awesome business model yeah yeah and i I think um alex i don't know if you saw this brent um it actually just went live uh, about a week ago but there's a new charging hub in arkansas um it's called franklin's charging hub um, I stumbled upon it today. Um, it's a it's a smaller charging hub right now. They have uh, two charge point stations and a Tesla uh, destination charger. Um, nice. But the main point is to have a um, like a place for drivers to go use the restroom, get snacks. They'll bring in food trucks. They'll have things for people to do while their car's charging. But they're awesome. expanding throughout Arkansas, and I just I, I was so excited to see that because I genuinely think that's going to be the future of charging hubs is businesses like that yeah russia and why not see the one thing that we hate to do is waste time people don't Mm -hmm. want to waste time they want to get things done so if the charger is that if you're sitting there charging and you've got a grocery store over here and you need to go pick up some groceries well okay 
go get your, you know, I used to like start planning around it before I had home charging and I had, I was running on 110, which is bloody miserable, by the way, do not run on 110. <laughs> you can avoid it. Don't do it. Uh, but I used to, I used to plan my charging around having to go to the Meyer, which is a big grocery store up here, uh, because they had the, the superchargers right outside. So it was brilliant. And, and they had a Chipotle over there as well. So I could be like, Hey, grab a bite to eat, <laughs> go to get my shopping, come back, unplug, leave. It was fabulous. So yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, the 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 new space race, as it were, for gas stations is going to be uh, plug in and come in, mm -hmm. plug in and come in. Figure out a way to get people to plug in and come in, and and I think if you kind of built it out in such a way, or you even had concierge like service where you plugged in and you dropped your key at the door, and when your car was done, they'd move the car off the charger for you, so you could stay and, and finish your meal, stay and, and 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 hit a few more balls or whatever you're doing there. You know, that I, I think that's just a fabulous idea. The money is in the liquor and lotto. It's not in the fuel. The money is in the liquor and the lotto. If you can get people in and get them buying, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're going to see an, see an evolution in, <clears throat> in gas stations. They're going to start looking more like lounges than like just quick convenience stores, I think. Yeah. Where you, you do go hang out for a little bit. Yeah, get them to plug in and come in. Yeah, that's the trick. Plug in and come that, in. That better be copyrighted. I'm telling you because that's brilliant. There you go. Take it, man. Take it. It's all yours. I'm well, good. we'll partner up. <laughs> plug in and come in. As a matter of fact, you can actually make it. Plug in and come in. Yeah. Be the name of the place. Plug in. Right. And come in. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, how how cool is that? I mean, you you got to do something. It's a chore, anyways. Make something fun out of it. Make something mm -hmm. compelling out of it. You know, every front window in that could be like, you know, their their number would be up. You know, at the charger, order now with a with a sign up there, or 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 daily special two slices and a coke. You know, yeah. two slices and a coke. I could use a slice, and you're in because <laughs> you're sitting there. Yeah. What do human beings do when they sit? They look around, and <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Brett, I wanted to circle back regarding Xcare. Could you yes. go into a little bit more details of what that warranty covers and like how long the periods are for the warranty? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you know, the, the flexibility that we have with Xcare is really awesome. You can uh, you can do you know three or four years. You can do up to ten years. Um, we can cover cars up to 10 years old for an additional 10 years. So if you come to me with a 2013 Model S, I can cover that car for another 10 years or up to a maximum of 175,000 total miles. So a lot of times people will uh, come in with like a, they'll come to us with a 2015 Model S that's only got 30,000 miles on it and they only drive 10,000 miles a year. And we'll put a 10 year, 100,000 mile warranty on it. And they're, they're good for a decade. <laughs> now we do not cover the battery and the drive motors. The battery and the drive motors are covered by Tesla under a separate eight year warranty. Uh, but the engineering behind them is for an effective lifespan of about 15 years or a half million miles. So the idea is that during the first eight years of the vehicle's life, manufacturer defect will basically shake out during that time. So if, if you're, if you've got a, a you know, eight year, nine year old Tesla, and you're not having an issue with the battery or the drive motor, and you've driven a reasonable amount of miles, chances are good it's just going to live out its engineer potential. So it's all the other stuff that goes sideways. You know, all the mm -hmm. all the electronics, the MCU, the ECU, the, uh, the the computer, that big fat computer on the dashboard, 
fabulous, fabulous piece of work, by the way. Uh, so your average car has about six or eight computers. Tesla has literally like three. The big computer in the dash, there's a computer behind it, and there and there's basically a, another like sensor hub. But for, for the most part, Teslas are very, very simple from a, a computational standpoint, just like raw, like thing, right? The MCU is basically the brains of the whole outfit. And it's right there in the middle of the dash. Well, if that goes out, you don't have a car, you have a paperweight because <laughs> that thing's going nowhere. Yeah. If that, that is the brain of the entire thing. Cut off your head, see how well you work. You don't work very well. Well, cut <laughs> off the vehicle's head and it doesn't work very well. And and so uh, uh, and it's not that terribly expensive anymore. They're about $1,500 for the unit, twelve to $1,500. Uh, but it's still the labor and and the reprogramming of it. So it's a lot of like labor hours as well as just the raw unit itself. And and just everything that's just involved with keeping the battery at the correct operating temperature, there are pumps, there are, there are sensors, there, there's just myriad things going on. And and so many people, honestly, they they underestimate, as I alluded to before, the simplicity of these cars because Tesla purposefully made them look simple, right? Mm -hmm. They could have done the automotive thing and had you flip up the hood and all these gadgets are under there, but they didn't. They pulled it all back to the firewall. They gave you a neat little trunk there, nice and carpeted that you can put your groceries in and they hid away the complexity of these cars. But the fact is there's so much going on with energy changing from AC to DC back into AC and regenerating and, and heating and cooling itself and heating and cooling the car and the sensors and the cameras and the radars and the and, and all of that tying together is just this immense electronic symphony that if one thing falls out of it, you get an alert saying car may not restart. Oh no, I need my car to start. It's heavy. <laughs> I can't push it and I can't walk home. Uh, you know, two weeks, I, I recently sold my Model X and two weeks before I sold it, I was out doing some promotional stuff for Xcare and I, I pulled into the supercharger and it said car may not restart. And I was like, oh, that's not good. So I naturally unplugged right away, went over to the service center uh, well, it turned out that my battery thermal management needed to be replaced to a tune of, you know, 1300 and change. Well, that's, it's just a typical repair. It's just something that typically happens that unfortunately, when you add that to, you know, half shafts for 3,500 and this and that, the other, it, it tends to create a pile. So you hope when you buy an extended warranty that you don't need it, but when you do need it, or you need even, you know, more than you put in, then you end up on the positive. But I think what it comes down to is, is it's, is it's uh, like some type of uh, uh, enforced discipline, right? Because we don't have the discipline to set aside money. I've heard so many people go, well, take that money and put it in the stock market. And if you ever need it, you can just, you know, for your repairs. Yeah, but what happens with a cookie jar? You reach into the cookie jar. The government does it all the time. They set aside money for one program and they reach into that cookie jar. That's why by the time you guys are old enough, you're not going to have jack from Social Security because they've been robbing that cookie jar for about 50 years now. Well, that's the same thing that we do as people, right? Our government are just made up of people and, and we're just people, right? So we put aside this money in this cookie jar, right, uh, for repairs on our Tesla. And then what happens? Well, your friend gets married and it's a destination wedding in the Caymans. And you're like, oh. Well, okay, I'll go into the cookie jar, but then I'll put the cookies back in. And so you go in for that 1200 1800 that the quick 
destination wedding is going to set you back and, and the gift. Oh God, that's another 300. Okay. So you go into the cookie jar and then you tend to put the money back in it. And sooner or later that cookie jar dwindles and dwindles. And then your situation goes kind of sideways because the company that you really hoped was going places didn't and they, everybody got fired. And now you you're interviewing and your cookie jar is empty and car may not restart. And you go, ah, whereas when you have a warranty, you just rip the bandaid off, ah, you pay the money, but then it's gone. It's out of your head. It is now a warranty. It has changed form in your head. It is now a warranty, right? Just like when you go into Vegas, you change your money in for chips. <laughs> your money is gone. <laughs> chips, you have chips now. Is your warranty. And you stop thinking of it as money anymore. And that's the magic of a warranty is you stop thinking of it as money. And you start thinking of it as a warranty. And you just leave it there. And when you need it, it is there. So it's enforced discipline because most of us don't have the discipline to to set aside anything, unfortunately, or the wherewithal. Sometimes it's just, it's just hard, you know, life happens and you, you dip into the said cookie jar and then you got crumbs when you need it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also let's face it, we, uh, to, to give you an example, not to, not to be scary, but about three weeks ago, we paid a $10,300 claim on a Model X. Now, does this happen all wow. the time? No, it doesn't. But we paid a $10,300 claim on a Model X it had a raft of issues, a literal raft of issues. I don't know who owned this thing before, but they obviously didn't care for it at all. Um, and, and we paid a $10,300 claim, and that was on a $4,800 retail warranty, and he's still got three years left on his warranty. You know, we, we do not have a lifetime cap on payment. So we didn't set up X-Care to, to mitigate that. We set up X-Care for that, you know. And some people that are getting an easier, lighter ride that, that don't use it as much or, or don't have to use it at all, maybe, uh, but they have the peace of mind of knowing it was there. It's just like paying into health insurance. Everybody pays in, and then the catastrophic corner cases are taken care of, and, and, you're, and you have the peace of mind to drive your car every day and not sweat it. So it's, it's, it's a membership organization that basically just pulls that all together and makes sure that our people are taken care of. So I do have a question for you, Brent, um, before, before we wrap up. So with the, with the warranty, um, is it transferable? Like, so for example, like if I paid 10, oh, so it is. Okay. So like if I sold very much so that's awesome. Very much so. Yeah. And that that's the beauty of it too, is the fact that you own your coverage, right? So we'll say that you buy a warranty for five grand and you've had $6,000 worth of claims, but you still got two years and 20,000 miles left on it or whatever. And you go to sell your car, you can literally sell, transfer that forward to your buyer because you got no prorated refund after you, you know, basically have, have we put out more than you paid, right? But it still has intrinsic value because it's still a two-year, twenty thousand mile warranty that still applies to the car. So you can transfer it for fifty bucks to a buyer and and get a quick sale, maybe even you know charge them a thousand dollars for it. Be like, yeah, I got a two-year warranty left for another grand. I'll throw it in. Oh, okay. God, Brandon, you're awesome. Yeah, I'm awesome. Here you go. <laughs> they throw an extra thousand on the price, right? And and they have a warranty. And we have a built-in member who at the end of that two years now is going to want to continue on with that coverage. And so they're going to come back to us and set up their own policy. So it works well for us. It works well for, for our members. And uh, yeah, it just, it, it keeps them in-house and, and keeps people in their cars. It keeps people in their EVs. Listen, a smoking hulk of an EV on the side of the road is not helping anybody. It's not helping Tesla. It's not helping our cause. It's not helping the owner. So to be able to mitigate that and keep people in their cars and give them peace of mind, 
It's exactly why we're here. That was a hell of nice. a wrap up, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cut. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, that honestly helps me, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective of like our listeners, but also from my perspective yeah. as a potential, yeah. you know, buyer, because, you know, we're, we've been waiting for cl- close to six months now for General Motors to buy our bolt back. And it's kind of like radio silence at the moment. Um, but we're now running into issues with our ID four where they've had to replace something six times now. And they actually gave up. They're like, we can't fix it now. Um, and, and it's, it's something simple, uh, something with the, with the hatchback and like the light bar that's on the ID four, the, the pins are plastic and they keep breaking and none of the engineers can fix it. Um, so we're starting the buyback process, fingers crossed tomorrow. So we might find ourselves with no cars. (laughs) in our house um so the model three is on our list as well as you know a handful of other you know really good evs that are new to the market um but you know learning about accelerate that that helps me a lot so thanks for explaining that brent nice no worries well you know what honest to god what this did is this opened up evs to a lot of people that couldn't afford them before because a lot of people can't get in at that new price point but they can buy a used one and then put a warranty on it and get into the space so it's just, uh, it's, it's been a great journey. I, I'd love to be on with you guys again. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe share some old uh, Tesla war stories. Uh, yes. it's, been a, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a lot awesome. of fun, but uh, I'll be, I'll be quite frank with you. I just, I, I love our space and I love the people in it. And I think uh, honestly, just, just to serve this community has been such a blessing. And, uh, and I just, I look forward to it for years to come. So if we can ever help you out, let us know. Um, if, uh, if any of your, if any of your listeners would like help, uh, please uh, feel free to, uh, to, uh, put out my information out there and, uh, have them contact me directly. That'd be awesome. Great. Yeah. We'll have the website and, uh, your information in the description of this. So if anybody's looking for an extended warranty or wants to lease or finance a, a vehicle, That'd be talk terrific. to Brent. Dr. Brent, Dr. Brent, <laughs> I am your man. I am your man. 